He really hits that one. Oh, that is just sensational from Luis Figo. And then Ronaldo! Here comes Eddie. Not got much help. Oh, he doesn't need any help. How about that? Portugal. And tonight they've been simply magnificent. Champions of Europe 2016. Hello and welcome to Season 2, Episode 2 of the Portuguese Football Show. As always, Adam Barton and Philippe. How's it going? Good, mate. Good, ready. We missed last week's episode. We actually recorded an episode, but just because of the time and in the editing and stuff, it was, it just felt a bit pointless putting it out with um, games were kicking off the following day. So from this point onwards, I know today is a Tuesday. This will be coming out on a Wednesday. That is a guarantee. Uh, but going forward, this will hopefully um, be recorded on a Sunday night. And will be released on a Monday, um. So fingers crossed, we can we can uh, maintain that structure for the foreseeable, uh, because I know we've been a little bit sporadic as of late. But hopefully, we get a little bit more consistency now into the new season. As I say, Tuesday night, we've just come off watching a a memorable night really for for Benfica in that they have qualified for the UEFA Champions League group stage, and they did it in the in the toughest way possible. Uh, they they took a two one lead. Uh, into Eindhoven against PSV, uh, an impressive PSV who had a, an impressive start to the season. Sorry, they um, Benfica went down to ten men. Uh, Lucas Verissimo was sent off for a second yellow card, which really gave Jorge Jesus' men a, a massive battle because PSV were knocking on the door uh, for pretty much the entire game. I think they finished with twenty-one shots. I think Benfica had one shot on target. They had uh, they had. A, couple of men to, to to thank for that but mostly it was uh, thanks to the goalkeeper um, Vlachodimos Odysseus had a, a marvellous game, made 8 saves 3 three saves from shots inside the box so uh, 2 of them were pretty much point blank as well and he was brilliant reaction saves And but the main thing to be honest is, is that they're through which means it's 3 Portuguese teams in the UEFA Champions League group stages for the first time since when Philippe? You, you had 17-18 Seventeen, eighteen season, so you know that that's it's it's it seems a bit of a distant memory now going into the twenty twenty one twenty two season. Um, getting old that only seems like last year, but a uh, brilliant, excellent. So you've got Porto Sporting and and now Benfica, the the Ostras Grands, the big three, all in the Champions League group stage where where they should be, uh, and that's that's being helped by the fact, obviously, the coefficient has improved in recent times, given that extra qualifying space to the third place team then you've also got Braga in the Europa League uh, group stages and then obviously uh, we'll cover, I'm sure we'll cover just a little bit on Passos's triumph last week against uh, Tottenham and also Santa Clara's victory as well uh, against Partizan so it's been a really really good week for the Portuguese but first of all Philippe just touch on Touch on the, the Benfica game, we won't go too deep into it, but the Benfica game and also what what it means to have another Portuguese club in Europe. So, yeah, for, for the Benfica game, first thing is if last week um, I was quite disappointed from the, the, the first leg, this one was, was quite impressed, to be honest. Uh, even the way that Benfica started with the little change with Joe Martin and uh, Weigel and Tabat in the middle, 
it was quite quite good. I love them to press a bit high on the pitch, make three v three in the middle. PSV could not switch play anymore. And then after Verissim being out, um, to be honest, PSV had a lot of the ball, but they didn't have many ideas. I think if we were doing this podcast and we were from the Netherlands, we would be quite pissed, to be honest, because playing an hour with, with uh, an extra player at home, needing a goal to take it to extra time, and not being able, apart from two or three times that uh, Vlako Dimitri made good saves, apart from that, not, not many ideas. Quite Very, very disappointed, to be honest, on them. But Ifika, they didn't they done really well. Um, like I said, until the, the sent-off, it was easy for Benfica. I don't think they felt much pressure. After that, they balanced the game quite well. Jorge uh, Jus done, done, done quite well with, with, with these subs. I didn't understand only one, which was um, Vertonghen coming in just after five minutes to restart the second half. Um, but don't understand why. Why having them on half-time? Because... Or, but to be honest, I didn't see anything in those five minutes to think they had to change so quickly. Um, but even after that, there's, there's PSV and things that it looks like they never know how to switch play. They they try to do crosses from frontal areas where the, the three centre-backs of Bifika were watching the ball, which didn't make any sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have uh, Somare, which is almost a meter 90, um, and never put him inside the box ever. And they're doing crosses, so... A lot of questions that, that I didn't get, to be honest. Uh, and having three teams in the Champions League, obviously it's, it's uh, good for... We are talking about it off here. I think the, the question of being the fifth top league or not is not as important because I think that's not improving the level, the average level of the league. But having more teams in the Champions League playing against more famous clubs will obviously give the brands of the clubs away so more people will know about Benfica and Porto are quite known but Sporting obviously and mm-hmm. not, not as much and that obviously will improve um, in terms of the points it might be now that next year we'll be further away from France even though now we pass them now because we have less we are less likely to have points in the Champions League than what would be in the Europa League um, and it will depend on the on the draw so it's, so it's, it's quite it's quite hard to say now it's because if you have a draw where all teams face quite tricky challenges, will be will be will be hard. Um, mm-hmm. So I don't know. You got that fair. You got that fair place as well to drop down into the yeah. into the Europa League, which is a nice um, which which has obviously happened quite a few times in in, um, in in recent years. And then, as you mentioned there, Sporting hopefully Sporting's exposure I've felt has has improved even since last season. Hopefully, one day. People will, uh, especially in England, will stop referring to them as a sporting Lisbon. And I think the, we were speaking about that off air. But, uh, yeah, it's so if you're listening, Sporting Club, Portugal, it's nice and easy. <laughs> um, Champions League group, Thursday. Uh, group stage draws on Thursday in the Europa League is on the Friday. And then just moving on to the, the next topic, something I wanted to just get your... Get your thoughts on and also just, just put the conversation out there in the air. The detrimental, and I, I I mean the teams as well that are playing in the Champions League and the Europa League, but really what I wanted to get at, more the Europa League and this, this introduction of the Conference League and in terms of the knock-on effect that it can have domestically. So if you're someone like Santa Clara this season, who they've already had to battle tremendously, not only 
Conference League, but battling the fact that you know they have they've had match day squads with three substitutes named because of obviously the pandemic and they've been hit by COVID. But they they played the two games against um, Scuppy in the first round, I think it was, or the second round. And um, played both of those games, won five one on aggregate. Then they play against Olympia uh, Ljubljana. Again, two games, 1-0 win, 2-0 win, 3-0 on aggregate. So already you're up to four games. Then they play the first leg against Partizan. They won that 2-1. So now you're on to five games. And they they are yet to use, lose a game. Um, in fact, they've, they've won all the games. And then they go into the Primera Liga. They get battered 3-0 by Tondela. Again, factored in COVID as well. Then they draw 2-2 with Morinense. Then they get beat 2-0 by Bovista. And then you look at Passos, they've got a similar a similar story in that, again, they, they play the two games against Lan. Okay, the 1-0 defeat to Lan is the, the game is it's 4-0, it's in the bag, it's sewn up. Then they play Tottenham, they get that incredible night uh, where they win 1-0. And again in the league, 3-1 defeat, Estoril, 3-0 defeat, Bovista, and then they've, the opening day, they actually they recorded a 2-0 victory, but between the two sides, they've played six Liga games and won one, uh, and they've lost four between them. In terms of the knock-on effect that Europe can have, in terms of risk-reward, because if we, when we were speaking about this on Tuesday, which is which is today, and the likelihood is Tottenham go and put a stronger team out because they can, they can, you know, they 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 can afford to throw in a. A hundred and fifty million pound striker, or whatever the value is on Harry Kane, and say, "Go and get yourself some minutes. Go and get yourself some game time, and ensure that they stay in the competition." Which you know, and let's be honest, for as for as good as 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 Passos were the other day, and Tottenham had some some fair, had some players with some great experience and and transfer fees that were playing. By you know, some of the media in England tried to spin it as if they played against Tottenham under elevens. That wasn't the case at all. But this Tottenham that they play. This week will be a completely different test, and if they do go out, talking long term, in terms of the impact, I just wanted to get your thoughts on because there's that there's always that risk reward question of we haven't seen it with the Conference League yet because it's the first year of the competition, but going then into the group stage after you've already played this amount of games, and then how it affects you going from that weekday weekend weekday weekend weekday weekend. And you're coming off the back of of what's been quite a chaotic end to last season with with COVID and the time and the recovery and then obviously the Euros happened doesn't really affect these teams as much but this really hectic schedule and and then you've got this to contend with as well. What do you think? Do you think it's in their best interests to to try and go as far as they can in Europe and maybe just staying afloat in the Premier League whilst seeing how far they can go in Europe should be the should be the the, the goal. Yeah, no doubt. For me, it's even if both of them this season, so past in Santa Clara, they imagine they don't go past Partizan Tottenham and they are out. And these nine points that they lost or six points that they lost makes the difference at the end of the season not to qualify to Europe next year. But both of them will stay in the league easily because there's clearly some teams that that miles away from from everyone else. Um I think will still be worth it just because of the value of the players will improve and and both of them will make sales for more money than in what they would uh, a year ago. So 
in Santa Clara, o Carlos Júnior already left for two millions and a half. Um, in passos, o Stakio Maia leave as well after after mm-hmm. the Tottenham game, and but there will be already extra money coming in. And in terms of brand value, especially for Passos Ferreira playing against Tottenham, the amount of people that watch that game that never watch Pass until that moment, it's <laughs> it's, it's it's incredible, really, the the amount of people now they actually can affect and even they got quite clever with the the videos on on twitter and then the on facebook it's, it's yeah. been it's been so well done uh, santa clara should have incredible. should have tried to ride their wave a bit more as well um mm-hmm. so i think will be always worth it and, and to be fair for those teams at this moment in terms of um santa clara is different because obviously with the covid it will be it will be a different a different subject but for pass i don't think it's so much about the, um, how tired they are is just about how focused can they be because against mm-hmm. Sturil on the weekend they played well until until pass until Sturil scored the second one they were over Sturil they were playing better than them um, but it's just about the focus because it's hard to be 100% <laughs> focused and put your feet in a yeah. challenge in a game against Sturil and then maybe I'm out for for Spurs game. So You've got something else on your mind, haven't you? And yeah. As a so, player, and players won't say that. They'll say, "Oh, we, you know, we we just focus on this game. We take it one game at a time." But you know, it, it, these, it's 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 impossible. You've got it's like trying to focus on doing you know sort of two things at once. You, you yeah. Even to, for coaching, up, yeah. Even for yeah. coaching for coaching stuff, I have imagine I have three sessions planned. Okay, and I can use them. Can I can plan like from Monday to to Wednesday, so three days at Tottenham game, or I can ignore a bit the Strill game and maybe do a session on a, on a Saturday evening or Sunday mm-hmm. morning, just preparing how Strill plays and show them the videos. But then I win two more sessions to plan the ga- the most important game of the club's history. Tottenham, Tottenham. What are you going to yeah, choose? Yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> it's, it's, they're not going to do a. A two-day session of how to break down a, a, a high block. When after you're gonna play against a different cattle fish, and you're gonna be you actually dropping your block. Like yeah, you need yeah, to be yeah. smart and think about two completely actually... different game plans. Yes. One so, <laughs> so yeah, even even for coaching stuff, the buzz that gives you it's it's completely different. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think, and I, I made a point on, on Twitter. Um, with just a couple of the f- in reply to to that sort of conversation, uh, with a, a picture of the the Patsos celebrations and said like, for for what is maybe short term, won't call it failure, but short term defeats, short term, you know, sort of negative impact. It's definitely worth it when you see the scenes from like what happened the other night, and and I, I'm sure the supporters won't mind. I mean, as you say, the focus if the focus isn't there. But then, if they don't go through, which you know we hope that they do, but you know in in all likelihood they won't. It's it's still, you know, we're still up, we're not even in September yet, so they can still fully regain uh, and also go forward. So yeah, just wanted to get your point on that. I know some people like to take that all the way up to the Champions League as well, and it, with how it affects teams and how it affects teams with with different squads. So just the last point on that is something I'm interested in seeing because we've we've saw. Porto wrestle with it season in, season out and and, and and wrestle with it and go on far. You know, the, the the two seasons that they came up against Liverpool and obviously last season, the heroics against Juventus, they they had to dip into the, the squad depth a little bit. They had some injuries in central midfield. They had some defensive injuries and, and being able to contend with it. It'll be interesting to see 
now that you've got Sporting and Benfica both in the group stages as well, uh, how, how they how they do with it. Stage is different. Group stage, you have six games to play. Um, this year is not going to be as bad as last year. So, like last year, we felt there was a lot more tiring because they were playing midweek, weekend, midweek, weekend, midweek, weekend, midweek, weekend, because the the schedule was much more compressed. This year is going to be back on how it used to be, which is they're going to play Sunday, Wednesday, Sunday, and then they have the week off, and they're going to be Sunday, Wednesday, Sunday. So they're going to have always a week of break week between yeah, yeah. playing those three games in a week. So it's going to mm-hmm. feel it's going to feel that's less football on in terms for the Portuguese clubs because of it, and as well because of the league started a week earlier or two weeks earlier than most of other places. They will have that freedom in in some moments for to have a bit of an extra break after so like the first game for the Champions League will be obviously the midweek after the international break and the weekend before I think there'll be the Portuguese Cup games or Tasa League games. I don't think there'll be the league on straight away. But yeah, eventually they're gonna be like much more breaks than what it was last year. And I think that's how like then you build your squad really. Definitely want to uh, want to look out for but I mean we've covered we've covered the, the European stuff quite extensively. And we'll be, especially with next week, we'll be going back to doing the regular, either Sunday night recording or Monday night recording, so covering the domestic fixtures. Um, so I didn't want to feel like we were completely glossing over the weekend just gone. It's just that when we cover the league fixtures, sort of so long after the finish, they almost feel a little bit like old news. So for now, I'm just going to stick with the, the stuff that's happened tonight. And when we first had a chat before, we were speaking about how how good of a night it was for for the Portuguese. Um, and this sort of gets our Portuguese abroad section back up and running because that was a a, a, a big feature of our show last season and re- some people really enjoyed it. So, obviously, you had Benfica going through into the Champions League groups. Um, but Bruno Largeball is is up and running at, a, at, at Molyneux, at, at Wolves, because they endured <laughs> they endured up to I think it was 50, 50 shots without a goal I think a lot of Wolves fans have been pleasantly surprised in, in terms of how how attacking the football has been not so much all out you know completely neglecting defensive responsibilities because make no bones about it they were the better side than Tottenham the other day they were much the better side they got beat 1-0 because of a Deli Alley penalty which was quite harsh I think but Aside from that, they had twenty five shots. I don't. I, I mean, I I fail to think of a of a game under Nuno Espirito Santo, especially towards the end. And Nuno had his own style, and and it was you know it, it worked to a point. Especially those first couple of years coming out the championship, Wolves were brilliant, but it, it felt like they needed a bit of a change. And and in in Bruno Lage, they have taken a little bit of a risk because when things were going well at Benfica, they were going really well. I remember that they, they had that period where. They were just battering everyone four, five, six goals. Um, you know, it's the same season they put ten past National. Um, but in terms of him going away from the game for a bit, reflecting, trying to learn as much as he can about why it didn't go too well towards the end of Benfica and actually not rushing to go into another job but waiting for something. Now he's taking this role, as I say, they they had sixteen shots against Leicester. Like hard start of the season, by the way. Leicester and Spurs, sixteen shots against Leicester, twenty five against Spurs. Then tonight they had, I think they had sixteen or seventeen at nil nil, 
and it, <laughs> some of the some of the replies on Twitter, well, some of the people on Twitter who, who were who were at the game were remarking about, you know, is it ever going to go in? And then they score the first, then they score the second, then they score the third, and then they score the fourth. And I think there was about fifty seconds between the first goal, which was I think size, and the second goal was Daniel Pedence. His first game since he had groin surgery. So his last game was in it was in early May. Uh Trincao got his first Wolves goal, which was massive. Uh Fabio Silva started and got two assists, which is brilliant. Um Andre Gomes came on for Everton at one all in the in the cup as well and assisted the winner. So brilliant for him. Marco Silva, Marco Silva's Fulham. Again, as quite similar in terms of not not so much the risk elements, because obviously Bruno Larges went to a Premier League club, but in terms of they Marco Silva did that same thing after Everton, going away. I think he said in one of his interviews he was learning different languages. He was learning German and studying something else and, and just going away and, and reflecting and thinking about why, when things go well, why they go well and when it goes wrong, how to sort of come back from it. Fulham have started the season brilliantly well. Absolutely like fantastic. They won again tonight in the Cup. A 2-0 win against Birmingham City. Uh, but just in terms of their overall performance, they're first in the Championship. They've conceded the least amount of goals. They're through to the next round of the Cup. Uh, they beat Huddersfield 5-1, Hull 2-0, 2-1, uh, 2-1 Millwall, 1-0 with Middlesbrough, and then won again tonight. So, yet to lose a game. They've they've still conceded only three goals in all competitions, uh, and they're, they're already four games into the Championship season. So, a good start for Marco Silva as well, who, who I must say, you know, he had, had some unlucky moments at Everton, and, you know, on another day and another season, some of the decisions wouldn't have went against them but I felt like maybe he felt especially towards the end it was it was a it was a ball a bit too much for him but he's went back and he's come back and he looks refreshed even in his press conferences and stuff he looks refreshed and as I say Bruno Lars looks the same he started the season with two defeats in the Premier League but it's it's a process they did them they're not gonna you know it's not gonna be complete overnight but they're getting shots on goal they're playing well um the young players are chipping in with with goals and assists so in terms of the Portuguese, well, I say the Portuguese abroad. It's more just the Portuguese in England, as that was the only the, the only real football involved in the Portuguese was, and also Bruma for PSV has has went out. <laughs> but other than that, no, good for um, him. no o- o- other than that, um, not not too much. But yeah, it was just good to see so much positivity tonight and so much. Um, so much happening involving in the Portuguese. But Philippe, I just wanted to get your opinion actually while I'm on Fulham. Fabio Carvalho, have you watched have you watched much of him this season? Have you seen what he's been up to? It's it's ridiculous, really. He um just burst into life. I think he scored last season in the Premier League towards the end of the season, maybe with three or four games to go. Yeah, he scored he a scored. goal last year. Yeah, and, and I thought, I wonder how he does this season, and he is absolutely based into life. Born in Lisbon, but at the moment represents England at international level. Um, The 18-year-old, I think he's played for England's 16s, maybe the 17s or the 18s, I'm not too sure. But that's got to be that's that's got to be on the agenda of, of, of Silasau to, to get, because obviously early in the season, but in terms of in front of goal, he looks confident. His playmaking, he looks 
you know, he looks really, really good. His um, sort of short passing range is brilliant. He, he can turn of direct, change of direction, turn of pace. He looks um, he looks an exciting player. But I mean, how many times have we said that? So hopefully, he makes the uh, he makes the right decision <laughs> and um, and opts to represent Portugal because obviously it's it's still a long way from the from from the senior side. But if he can get a if he can help out the under twenties and the under twenty ones and the Euros and stuff coming up, and uh, and uh, you never know. But yeah, good to see, good to see him doing well as well. My highlight as well was was going to be Fabio Carvalho because how good he's been in the beginning of this season is just um, ridiculous. He went very young to to England. He was ten, I think, eight, nine, ten. Um, so it's, it's a shame they never play for, as my, I believe, for any of the youth teams in, in Portugal. Uh, but yeah, it's it's a, it's just incredible. I was just watching him this season. I didn't watch much of him. He played six games last year for the Premier League, but I only really start watching now that Mark, Mark Silva's there. And it's just been in- incredible how good he is. There's been links that Port was interested in him. Um, but... Yeah, it's crazy. Um, but yeah, Fulham has been playing good. I like Mark, how Mark Silva. I think he's a team that really fits his, his style. Uh, there's some, mm-hmm. so he, they signed some very quality players, even from last season when they have Seri, which was in a in a moment the one of the hottest centre mids. Obviously, he played in Portugal as well in past. Uh, yeah. But when he went to Fulham, it was it was a lot of themes showed showed interest in him. So they have a, a good midfield as well. Even Cavalier is there as well. Maybe give it an assist today for the mm-hmm. game against Birmingham. Um, but but yeah, just Fabio Carvalho, just to keep an eye on him. He's <laughs> doing so so well. Um, but yeah, and then just in just in terms of domestically, uh, we'll actually we'll we'll just cover um, some some of the some of the action in Portugal just in terms of of results. So the first team to drop. Points from uh, from from the big today. The first one to fall, as it were, was was Porto, who uh, they they drawn one 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 with um, Maritimo on what can only be described as a. Um, well, it doesn't help the farmers' league narrative that they were playing on a farmers' field. <laughs> uh, the, the stadium the stadium has actually been. Um, the, the grass has been is, is is under a ban now. Really? It's a bit ridiculous. That... I don't understand how can the what, they how does check it, what does it on the do? day after yeah. that that pitch. Um, was awful, but I said to be honest. Aside from that, the the pitch was awful. But listen, you can't you can't blame it all on that. Uh, I mean, it was a um, it was it was a it was an uninspired uh, it was an uninspired performance. Um, what a goal as well from uh, Jadas, who who I thought, especially for the last couple of seasons, I remember his, his hearing his name probably maybe. Four or five years ago now, and I remember thinking he was highly yeah. touted, like to 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 be, you know, this. He was up, I think he was up at Braga at the time. Permanent now at, at Marito. Is it permanent? Is it? Yeah. Um, but, oh yeah. But he's, 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 he's crazy that uh, because at the time when he's at Braga, I think he's older, two years or three years uh, older than Trincão, and mm-hmm. he was so good that people saying that Trincão could be his level. It's it's crazy yeah. how he didn't obviously didn't match his potential. I think off the fields, uh, his fitness levels are not are not great. And then he had he went on loan for Maritime. He worked okay. Then he went to Belgium. Um, yeah. In the same yeah. team where George Simon was uh, last last season, uh, and now he's back at um, Maritime. 
Um, what's he called? Muscron? Royal yeah. XL Muscron, Muscron or something. Yeah, yeah. They, they went down. Um, but yeah, he's, he's such a good player. But he's, he changed his game a lot, to be fair. He used to be much more as a, a right wing of his left footer to pull inside. Uh, that's where he used to play a Braga. Uh, and now mm-hmm. he plays in a place that I think fits him better, which is that in, in like a number 10 role, but in a game against sports, sometimes he would be the third, the striker down the middle or the, the third forwards. Sometimes yeah, it would be just, a third centimeter. So yeah. was, they were playing like in a more five-two-one. That was him and the two up front. So it's it's much more central. I think suits him better because yeah, obviously his fitness to keep a high intensity throughout the game. He's not able to do it. So I think mm-hmm. he needs to be because his touch on the ball and his understanding of the game around him is it's very very good. And I think him and Andre Vidigal have everything to be to help Maritim during out yeah. the season because they have some very talented players there. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And um, yeah, and as I say, f- f- across the year, uh, especially for the the teams at the top of the table, it was all it was all victories. Benfica with a, a, a professional 2-0 win uh, away at Gil Vicente. Uh, Sporting won 2-0 against Beysad and uh, Braga with a somewhat dramatic uh, end to the game. Um, <laughs> 95th minute, Ijado uh, Water winner. Um, but other than that, across the leagues, as I say, we spoke about Santa Clara and past Freire both losing. Um, Vittoria with a with a victory that that they 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 needed to be honest, and especially to to win in that fashion as well, the four 0 because they dropped points against Ustril, they lost to Portimonense, and obviously adapting to life under a new manager, a manager and a and a coaching staff, a coaching staff that we. He spoke to last season, um, in in Pedro when he was at uh, Pastor Freire, and um, yeah, just sort of adjusting to life under Pepper, and we'll see how they go uh, during the season. But I keep going to speak about some of the transfers that have happened recently, and then I remember we're saving them for a transfer special. Which will be today coming. a lot of things happen. To be fair, yeah, a, a lot of a lot of a lot of things happen, but we'll keep it. We'll keep it on the wraps. We'll keep it on the wraps. And yeah, to to be honest, that's 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 pretty much it. We've it's nice to be back. We've got an interview that's coming out soon as well, which is all recorded and ready to go, which will be coming out midweek. The transfer episode will be coming soon. The window closes, uh, it's either on the thirty first or the first, so that will be within the next week or two. And let's hope that both Santa Clara and Fasos can 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 do it. Obviously, Santa Clara have got all the. The ingredients there to be able to 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 pull up pull that off. They they've got a lead against Partizan. It's two one. Let's see. As uh, as for Passos, if they can manage to to pull off the impossible and go one better than what they did the other day, and even if they don't, they've still got the season to look back on with with great fondness in terms of what they did in Europe. Yeah, hats off to them. Keep our fingers crossed, and uh, and we'll be back with you next week. Thank you for listening to episode number two of the second season of the Portuguese Football Show. I've been Adam Barton. Philippe, thanks for joining me. Thank you and see you next week, mate.